0: Welcome back to another episode of Two Woods Four Quarters, a Harlequin's podcast. My name's Will, and I'm sat here with my cousin Michael after a fairly disconnected weekend. <laughs> How have you been? What's going on? Did you win yesterday?
1: Um, we had a inter-club friendly, so... Oh, what? Um, no, it's just... but. I thought you up. had
0: your first league game. No,
1: no, no, hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. So, I've missed about a month or so of nets. Bearing them on hockey is done now. Serious hockey stuff done. But I do still take my cricket really seriously. sorry division three of the sorry champs. So got promoted last year, big year this year, and I've missed pretty much every net that we've had because I've been at Grinch. London Irish London yeah. Irish Away, <laughs> Montpellier. Montpellier away, Montpellier <laughs> at home. So this was a bit um, of relationship building. A little bit, yeah. So I was okay. like, If I don't play into club games, then I basically, you know, resign myself to being lumped in the twos, which is not well, no bad thing. You, you missed um, a good one, mate. I know, I know, I did it's miss one. I was one. um I managed to catch the last 10 minutes on my phone as I was getting ready to go out and bat. Um, a good 10 minutes to catch.
0: Yeah. I think it's, well, we'll talk about it in a little bit more detail shortly, but I think it's fascinating how how we kind of changed our DNA a little bit and adapted and, and proved that we've got a little bit metal about us as well and we can front up against the likes of Tigers. So we'll talk about it a little bit later. We've got a few pieces of news to catch up on first. First piece of news. We'll do a little social media roundup, I think. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Prep to win. The Amazon Prime oh, yeah. documentary. We've now got a release date for that. It's the 28th of April, which is this week. So, this time next week, when we're talking about hopefully a win over Northampton on Friday night, we can also talk about Amazon Prime's documentary Prep to Win, featuring Harlequins. So, directed by Benno Obano. I've not seen too much more other than the fact that it's out on the 28th. Um, a nice little interview with David Flatman in there about concussion. But talk to me about that. Are you going to be watching? Have you got Prime?
1: Yeah, got Prime. Nice. Um, I, I will hopefully be watching that um, with a little bit more time on my hands. I've got a pretty a uh, big week at work this week, uh, interviewing for a full time role Monday and Tuesday. So I've been had a very sensible weekend. So hopefully I'll find out about the job Wednesday, and then I can kick back on Thursday night, stick that on, and uh, relax relax on the Thursday evening. So hopefully that'll be a a good time to watch it. It'll come out, I assume, sort of you know Thursday morning, and then I'll um. Yeah, I'll sit at home, get it up on the big screen and uh, tuck in. Should be good, that. I think it's just going to be a, a one-hit documentary. It's not a series or anything
0: like that, but I still don't know. We'll find out. We'll obviously be watching with with great interest that we've got a little bit of a feature in there. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how we come out in that. Imagine if... Um, People start lighting pitchforks and torches <laughs> and coming for us because of something we've said. But I'm, f- I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, hopefully we get a little shout-out in the credits. But keep an eye out for that. That'll be big this week.
1: Not just I don't want the credits, mate. I want the old Amazon Prime all-or-nothing bits down the side with you, the, the on All-or-nothing, Harlequin's card. That's what I want.
0: Well, it's more often than not all, isn't it? It's never yeah. nothing. Um, a few other pieces of social media news. There's a really good Twitter account for any of you listeners that are, are on Twitter called Saffas Abroad. Um, yeah. And given we've got some fairly special South Africans in our team, it's definitely worth a follow. And um, this account put out this week with a stat that I hadn't really thought of before. But it comes as no surprise that Andre Esther has been in the Premiership Rugby Team of the Week 11 times this season. That's a 50% success rate. That's that's more than any other player. That's quite freakish. So he's got to be in the running for player of the season, hasn't he, yeah. across the league. And he had another good game at the weekend scoring a try. So I imagine when voting comes around and when this gets released, the results will be in. It might be 12 times for him, but a word on him as a man,
1: as a player, as a, a really good-looking human being. How many games have we played now? I was actually looking at the table this afternoon, having just watched... Um the Saracens Exeter game so if he's been in it say 11 times yeah, and we've played I'm just getting up I think it's 22 games now uh, yeah. 21 that we've played 21 that we've played so that's absolutely mental that he's I mean all, yes he's man of the match for us pretty much every week but I remember that period it was around the sort of January time pre Six Nations I think he sort of kickstarted this amazing run of form. Yes, yeah, we man of the matches to... in a row, wasn't it? It was Big Game, the... was the first one. Big Game was the first. Then it was Gloucester. And then memory escapes me. It might have been Exeter when we played them yep. at home the week and after. You got the winning try there as well. Yeah. But yeah, just madness. Like, he attracts so much attention and I've watched the sort of brief little highlight clips of the weekend. I haven't had time to sit down and watch the full the full game but there's one phase where the ball comes out of a line out and they go bang, bang, bang and he takes the ball at first receiver which is fairly typical and there's about six defenders that get attracted to him which gives us so much ability to go and play in the, air, play in the wide areas of the field. So yeah, he's yeah. he's everywhere and everywhere and he's breakdown, jackal turnovers, t- kick of a touch with his left boot, you know, scoring tries... Could probably, like, if you had to pick a rugby player to play any position, you'd probably pick him. He could play yeah, you second would, row, be? back row, 10, wherever you want I was wanting. sat next to my
0: mates at the game this week and um, we just couldn't get our heads around how big he was in comparison to any every other back on the pitch. Apart from the yeah. dolo, we were saying wow. how he could probably be a second row. But there's very few players that have an aura about them that just in, invoke fear in the opposition. Yeah. One of the great things about Andre is the threat he possesses when he hasn't even got the ball. The way yeah. he just holds defenders or people have to watch him. There's not many players in the league that can do that. There's him, there's probably semi Redrada, probably Nadolo as well. And I can't think of too many other backs. So it's quite an impressive thing to have as a player.
1: Pretty good actor as well. Gave him the old, oh, Marcus, you've absolutely sold me. I've done the crowd. The of <laughs> absolutely did Well, it. that's
0: what I mean. That's a really good example, actually. The... The way that they did Montpellier the other week, Yeah. the two players stuck with him. I know he sold it because he was sold as well, but oh, yeah, just an example. Final piece of social media roundup: There's a new Twitter account on the blocks. No oh, context yeah. Marla. Where has exactly. that been for my entire life? <laughs> that has come about five years too late, really, hasn't it? So that's a that's a cool little account. I'm looking forward to seeing what other stuff comes out of that. There's probably a whole backlog of of Joe Marla oh. videos and, and No Context Marla material that will be coming out isn't there so that's a cool one if you don't follow that go follow that because that that's got Eddie Hearn vibes to it
1: my favorite out of context account is the um bumble David, David Lloyd. Lloyd yes <laughs> His app, honestly when it I think I've I i do not think we follow it on the pod account but I think I follow it on my personal account every time it pops up it's absolute genius so it's one of the he's one of the best commentators in any sport I've ever listened to and that out of context twitter account is absolutely genius it's hilarious If you don't know what we're talking
0: about, no context Twitter accounts is basically when there's an account that posts a video or photo of somebody with no text with it accompanying it. There's just no context to the tweet Um, and people tend to quote retweet them. So reply or reshare them um, with a point of view or with some kind of funny joke or gag. So I'm sure plenty will be kickstarted off the back of the no context Marla account. I look forward to seeing where, where that one goes. Anyway, that's that's all the social stuff.
1: Should we get into some rugby? Yeah, mate. What's the um? What's the crack then? Obviously, you went to the game yesterday. I didn't. So that's the only this I've only missed two home games this year. One was Exeter um, when I had a little bout of COVID, and then this weekend I've been really lucky with hockey fixtures actually not clashing with the games. We had a lot of the Friday nights and the Sundays. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit. Sort of strange. I woke up Saturday morning, obviously not really thinking about, you know, getting into Twickenham and what time I'm meeting mates and where am I going beforehand and what's the plan after. It was a little bit of a weird one, sort of not following the day or the normal routine that I usually would. I was doing something much different. So, what was that? What was your start to finish time? Were you driving down or do you do you train it or bus it?
0: Yeah, I got a lift down with a mate. It was one of my friend's birthday, so we had a little a little road trip. But before we get into Leicester. I'm going to take you to Exeter, who you just referenced there, and I'm going to take you to Sandy Park this weekend mm. for the Allianz Cup final for our women's side. First bit of silverware opportunity. This is the competition that runs. It's pretty much like the Prem Cup. It runs alongside the Women's Six Nations, so that any players not involved with the internationals are still playing weekly. Um but equally, you don't lose anything from your domestic league from having, for example, Quinn's missing 10 players. So that's the competition that's been running. We scraped our semi-final win yeah. against Worcester 18-17 with a clutch penalty to win that one in the last kick of the game. That's how we got there. In contrast, Exeter got there by thumping Bristol 66 nil in their semi-final. So that kind of gives a bit of context to the, the depth of the squads. So we went down to Sandy Park this weekend, and unfortunately we came up on the wrong side of the result. It was a pretty heavy 57-12 loss. We did see the famous Quinns driving more try, which you don't really tend to associate with the four quarters, but it's something our women's side have adopted and made their own, and it's something that is a lethal weapon in their arsenal. So we got to see that. Got to see aligning to intercept but apart from that there wasn't too much more to cheer um extra a, a bloody good side um they're going to be in the mixed round playoffs time in the league as well i think they probably benefited from having quite a lot of overseas players not involved yeah. um is in not involved with the six nations so they were still playing for their club week in week out which we didn't have that quality because they were all with with international teams um, and that was probably the difference in the end to, to end up with a 57-12 scoreline. So like the boys, we now turn our attention back to the league and, and focusing on going back to back. And hopefully it's been a good learning experience for all the players involved. To get to a final is is an achievement in itself, and we're proud of that. But now we can really focus
1: on, on what we want, and that is back-to-back Premier 15 titles. Mm. Yeah, that semi-final was... Obviously didn't watch the game because I think it was at the same time that we were at the stoop last weekend and yeah. caught the highlights. Absolute clutch from Beth Blacklock nailed a 35, 40 metre penalty, I think, to win the game. So there looked like some, you know, big scenes after that. Limbs at done at sorry sports park. Tough to not get any silverware. Obviously it's the first time that we've had a chance to get our hands on some on some trophies this year as a club. Um but yeah, I mean, we've so many missing with internationals, so it's good that the girls are still getting loads of rugby. Um, but yeah, Exeter have been a bit of a thorn in our side this year. They've beaten us they home have, man away, beaten us home man away in the league. Now knocked us well, beaten us in a cup final. So hopefully, that's not a uh, an omen that will carry through onto the men's side. But yeah, I mean, you look at the sort of list of names in that in that fifteen, and there's still some like some world class talent, and hopefully, maybe. Like what we said with the lads, you know, out of the other sort of not subsidiary competition, that's not the right way to say it, but now out of the other competition that we're competing in, much like in Europe, that's gone. It's now all eyes on the league. And we're in relatively similar boats, aren't we? We're trying to get, you know, top four absolutely nailed on. I think it will maybe be more looking at fourth spot for the girls, but yeah, it, hopefully that's the way it pans out. Still loads of rugby to play, and hopefully until we get the England girls back in some pretty red hot form as well. Um, and I think I did see on a few of the girls' social media accounts they had a little night out after and a few drinks, which looked like quite a good crack. So hopefully they enjoyed the night and uh yeah, all eyes on the league. Yeah, it'll be nice to get the internationals back and, and be an injection
0: for the squad and and drive us over the line in the, the final chase for the the trophy. Um speaking of trophies and going back to back. I was there on Saturday. I was at Quinn's Leicester. I had a really good day out, actually. I went to the gym in the morning with my mate because he owns it. um, And he's got two young sausage dogs. One's one year old and the other one's about 12 (laughs) weeks. So I spent most of my time just playing with them instead of working out. But (laughs) I I consider that time well spent. Um, And then he drove us down to the stoop. So we got there within good time. Classic pre-match routine of a a barbecue pulled pork. Oh, it's uh, absolutely...
1: It's insane. That barbecue pulled pork is my staple now. I, I tried hope they to, never leave. I've tried to actually mix a few up. I've tried to go for the, some of the fish and chips and the hot dog just to sort of make, keep my options open. But almost every single week I'm at they've home. They've got a it's, new it's thing there. Pork. I don't know if this is new. But I've
0: never seen it before. I don't know if you would have recalled it, but they've got this big sort of pick and mix candy store thing going on right next to the South Stand as you come out oh, towards God. the Southwest corner. Never seen it before. It was like a, a circus stall or sort of funfair kind of vibe to it um which was different i wonder if it will be there next season as well seems weird to bring it in for one
1: final game but yeah. who knows a glimpse of what might be happening in the uh, the north north stand development maybe we'll see a bit more like yeah, that yeah potentially
0: potentially um but yeah no got down there early soaked up the sunshine had a good chat with my mates it was a little bit of a catch up for some of us because we hadn't seen each other for a little while um, some of them I saw last week on our night out. So it was just recollecting some stories there <laughs> as well. And there was a lady that came up to us wearing a Seb's Foundation t shirt, and she goes, Um, look, there's this half-time competition going on, it's a crossbar challenge. If you go on just giving now and donate a minimum of two pounds to Seb's Foundation, you'll get entered into the, the draw." And we were like, Well come on, it's it's his birthday. Like, we're yeah. obviously going to donate, but can you, you know, maybe get him in there? Yeah. He was like, oh, I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm just going to put a little star here just because I know it's your birthday. And we'll, <laughs> we'll see where it gets us. Um, and lo and behold, come half time, I'm getting a phone call like, oh, by the way, you've been selected to go on the pitch. And I was thinking, God, oh, they've got the wrong number. Actually, it's <laughs> not my birthday, but I'd love to do it. So I turned to my mate and I said, look, I, I'm going to let you do it. So he went on and I went on with him um, just to get some cool little clips from behind the scenes of the crossbar challenge. And it was him versus two others. Both of them were on stag do's. One was dressed as a tooth fairy. And the other one was dressed as sort of full kit wanker. <laughs> <looking> like Joe <laughs> Gray, actually, with the scrum hat and everything. So the blue headgear,
1: I didn't see. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah they, they both went all out. I said to, said to Gibbo, mate, you've come underdressed here. <laughs> so none of them delivered. Um, but yeah, uh, who, was, who was the
1: worst? Was Gibbo? Did he do the polydist service? You or know he what? Right? It
0: probably was Gibbo, which is quite oh, surprising. No. Um, but he had two decent attempts, and then there was one really wayward one, oh. um, whereas the other guys had three sort of average attempts, yeah, got reasonably close. Um, but Gibbo just sort of had one that he sliced, and yeah, I'd, I'd put him bottom for that. Can but um, anyway, that was definitely it. not the main event. Um, as appalling as the halftime show was, the <laughs> the show on the pitch was really really good. We got off to a flying start. Have you watched much of the highlights? I guess you don't get the full context of the game, but we came flying out of the traps and we were dominating the territory, dominating the possession and um, managed to get
1: that early score through Will Collier after a, another Alex Donbrandt break. I mean, I think they said it on commentary from the uh, highlights that as soon Will Collier in form you know, career best form try scoring. <laughs> so it's two two tries in the season. Um but no, I it's interesting. There's the extended highlights package on BT, which is about an hour and 10 minutes, but I've been on interview prep all day. So I haven't had the chance to sit down and watch that. I've done the eight minute version. And I saw quite a lot on social media about, um, and also tweets that you would put out saying that we had, you know, adopted a different philosophy for the games, just slightly adapted the way we played. There was a few clips on we took social three points. So this is the thing I saw that. But and that, that was, was in the a, first
0: uh, half as well. We took three in the first half and then we took six in the second half.
1: Yeah, and there was a clip from um, Luke Northmore on the mic doing D. Rogers' job and interviewing um, Lewis Liner, and he said, you know, this proves that we can win different games in different ways and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I didn't get a full, you know, didn't paint the full picture on the um, on the highlights package, but I did see, obviously, you know, the tries. And, yeah, just it was huge. His odd, I think, with the offloads. How amazing is that? When the ball comes out from, you know, ruck breakdown, I actually, can't remember what it was, and the three sets of hands that it goes through is second row, yeah. back row, front row right. forward. And <laughs> we still score under the post in what is a really, really cool try. But yeah, Will Collier just picking one off his shoelaces and dotting over for the first try. I think you've almost nailed the fact that our
0: our skill set and our pack is such a key weapon for us. And they've obviously all invested into that DNA. Mm. If you're a forward, it's all about... I mean, your bread and butter is scrums, lineouts, outs, being physical... Yeah. But actually, that that skills sessions that they do and, and the offloading game has been pivotal for us this year, really. It's the way we play, and it's created a lot of opportunities. Like I remember really well Tizard's offload and, and Steph's offload for yeah. that tried at the Stoop not too long ago. Don Brandt is just Don Brandt, isn't he? He's world-class. Yeah. Interesting one this week because we saw less of that, but we still saw it in doses, and I thought it was an exhibition in, in game management and adjusting your game plan. We sacrificed a bit of our uncompromising all-out try scoring attitude and our dna for points and we've spoken on this podcast plenty of times probably me more so than you in terms of when we put our dna to one side and and when we stick to it and i've always said sari sale leicester just manage Mm -hmm. the game better like play in the right areas take the points when you get them and it was nice to see us balance that a little bit more when we haven't really done that and it's almost fourth time lucky or fifth time lucky. We, we haven't beaten Sale. We haven't beaten Sarries, So to finally get one over Tigers and, and do it their way is quite satisfying. And you can talk about selection all you want. Their best players were there on the pitch at the end of the game, um, with the exception of maybe Stewart or Kelly. But mm. I, think, um, I think it's a really good statement for us to make. And it's a good momentum shift for us going into the run-in. It's a good... Message for us to send to people, like you say that Lewis Lyon has said, it's it's very good to prove that we can front up and go toe to toe with the big boys. I think I think we're peaking at a very good moment. There's still stuff we need to iron out, as every team does going into the playoffs. But I think making it, doing a performance like that a few weeks away from the playoffs is a huge statement. And. No, we are, our attacking potential is potent as, as we all know the entirety of the last season entire of this season we scored a ma- amazing tries but today we showed that we can be that gruelling set-piece physical team and I think a lot of teams will be looking at this result and being like wow, Quinns are really up for
1: it Yeah, I think um, for those that might have seen it I had a brief sort of 10 minutes spell on um, BBC Radio Leicester during the week sort of looking ahead to the game and Adam Whitty who runs the um, account, uh, runs the show, said to me, what does this game mean in sort of the long-term importance of this season? You know, not just the, the five points that are on the line on Saturday or four points. What does it mean in terms of your season? And I said to him at the time, we've played, or you know, 95% of the games that we've won this year have been won doing what we are now sort of renowned for, you know, cliche tags, throw the ball around, blah, 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 blah. And I didn't think that was going to happen this week. Obviously, they were, you know, a couple of selections here or there without their full strength. Obviously, they've just had two massive weekends in Europe, wrapped up the top four, wrapped up first, pretty close to. There were going to be a couple of players maybe missing because they're not going to get loads of chances to get rest into players that maybe need it. So, you know, you take that as face value. But in terms of the way that we were actually going to go and beat Leicester, I think obviously in an ideal world, We'd have thrown the ball around and put five or six in them, but that wasn't going to happen. Though they've been at the top for a reason, incredibly well coached, and Steve Borthwick. We were going to have to just alter areas of our game to actually give us the best chance to be in the to be in it. You know, towards the end of the end of the game, it was always going to be close. They've got some big weapons. You know, the likes of Nadolo. That first try that he scored. Maybe it's a little bit soft from us, but it, you know that's the weapons that they possess.
0: I um and- I want to talk about that actually because it's interesting that nobody has called up the potential obstruction on Tizard trying to make that tackle. Tizard's trying to make the tackle on the Dolo, but there's one of their props stood right in the way, so he, he pretty much tackles their prop and I've not seen anybody mention it. Um, it might be nothing, mm. and you can't really rule a try out on or maybe getting tackled. But I'm was it similar it to one?
1: similar to the one that was ruled out for Marcus with Simo, with that little sort of similar. I mean, that was
0: more obvious because it was out in the back yeah. sort of free flowing rugby. This one was kind of one dimensional yeah, 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 and it was kind of like a half hit. And one of our players still had a chance to make a tackle, but I, I thought maybe yeah. there might be a case there, but that maybe is me with tinted glasses on again. <laughs> um, but no, interesting. You say all of that, because if we're going to go back to back, we're probably going to have to beat Saracens. We're going to have to beat Leicester again. Yeah. So And the way that we've managed the season so far, perhaps this game in particular is, is us not just managing a game. We, we've managed our season up until this point. And mm. we needed four points as opposed to one or nothing more than we needed five points because we've managed to get ourselves comfortably into the playoff positions. Now it's just about winning and winning every week. doesn't matter how you do it. Let's try and reframe our brains and our, our style and make sure that we are just habitual creatures of winning. That's all I want. I want winning to become a habit. And looking at the state of play on the table now, I want to look up. I want to get Saracens at home. Four points is more important than trying to go for five and not getting them. So I think that was a really confident performance, a really assured performance. And it, I think we got the exact result we needed. Having said that, Sarries have just pumped ecstasy. So yeah. I think that's probably second place ruled out. But when we played the game, we didn't know that. And I think we did the right thing. So going into the remaining few games with Northampton and Gloucester and Exeter, all of them are going to be in the hunt for playoffs. They're going to be fighting hard for us. We're going to have to manage those three games because it's not about going and getting five points and scoring four tries every week now. It's about beating them, because if we end up having to play teams at the top of the table in the hunt for, for winning a premiership, just beat them. We've got to beat them. We've got to train ourselves and prepare ourselves for when we play Saracens and when we play Leicester, where it's not about scoring 17 tries, just beat the opposition. And I think that was a really good test run for that.
1: Yeah. The only side that I can, you know, clearly think that we haven't actually now beaten at any stage in the league this year that we're going to now play towards the end of the year is Saris. We've beaten Leicester. We've beaten Northampton. Cast your we've mind back to last
0: season with Bristol, who beat yeah. us twice in the domestic season. And then I do not need to remind you of how that semi-final <laughs> went. So I, like, it's season management for me. That season yeah. management, like, forget those losses. We've got into a position where we can compete for the league. We know how they're going to play their game. We've played them twice. Okay, we've come out on the wrong side, but there's no reason why the third time we won't beat them. We've got them sussed. We know how to play them. They've showed us their hand. We've just proved that we can take on that kind of hand and play that kind of style and still get a result. And now I just want to see for the rest of the season us continue to choke teams and strangle teams and and get results because it's it's such a cliche about how one nils in football win you the league that kind yeah. of thing. You don't if you go and win four five nil every week, like so what? I mean, it's the tough, tricky one nils when you're not playing so well and. Rugby Quinns tweeted at the weekend that was probably about a six out of ten performance from us we weren't really firing it was much more strategic and tactical than what we're used to and it wasn't us at our best but it was enough to do the job we could go and win a premiership by playing six out of ten as long as we're doing our job and, and being tactical and tight and and gritty and tough to beat so let's see more of that and let's let's go and see out the season and, and gather some momentum and go into a playoff having beaten Exeter having beaten Gloucester having beaten Northampton having beaten Leicester because nothing can beat that feeling of and yeah. that habit of winning
1: I think that well, momentum is so important mm. you know if we if we go into the playoffs with real real momen- momentum that's so so huge for us and the momentum it can change so quickly but just the momentum you get from winning and the feeling you get going into games is is so important I've got a couple of questions for you because obviously I didn't watched the game in its entirety and you were there. Yeah. I want to talk about the set-piece battle because obviously having looked at the sides, you know, Genge, no Dolly, no, Mont- no Montoya, Cole and Genge on the bench. Obviously, we were at full click. They obviously then ran the changes on the 45-minute mark. You know, Genge comes on, Cole comes on, and Visa also comes on in the back row at eight, all on the same 45-minute mark. Once those changes had occurred what what did the the battle in the fours look like was it set you know scrum time sort of on physicality did we sort of maybe just start to wilter at one stage or were we always in the mix even when their their lads came on it was more balanced because we were very dominant in the first 45 when
0: we had marler and wacker and collier and it's something we've prided ourselves on so far this season and it's a key weapon in our arsenal you can't be a good team if you've not got a good platform and those three would've been really really good they were really really good again this weekend but we knew the main challenge was going to come when they unloaded their bench i wasn't expecting us to unload ours at the same time i really thought we'd have Marla, wacker and collier going up against genj and cole at at, at least for 10 minutes but straight away we get wilco even wacker comes off joe gray comes on uh, and carried but to be fair they, they held their own um we got a few penalties off them they got a couple of us Um, it was fairly tit for tat. I think we probably still had a bit of dominance, which is a little bit of surprise. And um, we we probably caused a little bit of a stir on Twitter after the game with our full-time tweet, which um, a lot of people have engaged with where we were saying that it was it was brilliant for us to be able to win in a different kind of style and not really sure what Ellis Genji's push on Kerrod after the final whistle was about. But I, yeah, I can only totally assume it was frustration from the scrum, maybe. But that was bizarre, actually. That was really bizarre. The whistle had gone and he walks up about 10 metres, really gunning for Kerrod, and just gives him a big old shove. And Wayne Barnes was the first one in there, in fairness. But I just couldn't get my head around it. Come on, the final yeah. whistle's gone. You've lost, like, shake hands. We'll see yeah. you in the final. Like, come on so that was an interesting one but yeah no the, the set piece I was really pleased with I thought our line out did
1: okay as well I don't really recall it going wrong I'm looking at the team sheet now from this weekend we didn't bring on ultima or David at any stage the backs all played 80 oh yeah we didn't make any subs in the backs. Simmons and Simmons On that Brent. on
0: that point, though, I can't remember the last time we had a 6-2 bench. And if there was ever yeah. a game to have a 6-2 bench, it was this one. And that obviously proved to be a good decision. It was good to see Lorde come back from injury. Chiz come back from injury. George Hammond came on and, and restored the, the 6 shirt for a little bit from Steph. And it was obviously good to see the captain come back. So good to get some minutes into those lads as well. And a good bench selection. Yeah, bizarre that the
1: backs don't come on. But it wasn't that kind of game, was it? it no. Was, it was tight. Yeah, it literally took the question out of my mouth. I was going to say to you, you know, Steph obviously comes back into the side at six, having spent a bit of time out. Hammond comes on in the 53rd minute. Lukey Wallace gets a start at seven. Obviously, no web. Um, and Lord he played a- well, actually,
0: Luke Wallace. He made a few yeah. good shots on the dolo. Typical Luke Wallace style, really. was sort of puts himself about, puts his body on the line, throws himself into contact. Yeah, pretty selfless player.
1: And then I saw your tweet from earlier in the week how many sixes can you fit into a side yeah. with <laughs> steph hammond Chiz? i'm sure wallace has played there before lord, lord a. don brant playing playing at the six during the uh, during the autumn in the, in yeah. the six nations We've got a team full of sixes but yeah i was going to ask you about the six-two bench split and i think you're absolutely right yeah i mean difficult to say who might have played instead you know you've got Sort of Chis and Law Day and Hammonds and all there. If you lose, probably one of Chis or Law Day, you probably pick what a Will Edwards or a Tommy maybe, but I think you're absolutely right. Didn't feel like that sort of game sort of leading up into it. So I think the 6-2 split is massive and obviously having Chiz back is a, is a huge boost. I actually had a quick chat with him after the game last weekend um, and he said, yeah, he's looking to sort of get back in the um, selection mix for this, this weekend. So yeah, great to see him back. He might give that bit of spark for us going into the sort of back end of the year. Hopefully we get Webb back in the not too distant future as well. So we're looking, you know, all the in the back row. Have not really had much
0: depth all season. It's all starting to click and come together at the right time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think I was going to say the same thing in the front row. We look so solid now in that front six. You know, Marla Walker Collier looked like just so so solid in everything that he do. But then, like I said, you know, with Kerrod switching from tight head to loose head and covering that loose head side, the club like they've got real faith in him off the bench at loose head. Joe Gray's, you know, an experienced campaigner, and then obviously going for a third title. Going for his third title as well. Yeah, and of ring. course, yeah, third ring, get get the man of the ring. We'll retire, retire the two <laughs> jerseys for Big Joe Gray. And then obviously Wilco as well. You know, we start to look really, really well set up in those areas of the pitch. And we've also got you know options in the second row. Simons yeah, we Tiznards. never talk
0: about them, do we? But Simo and Tiz as a pair have been going all season and they've been going really, really well all season to the point where we don't talk about them anymore because they just deliver. And Simo yeah. for me, oh my word, Remember when we signed him from Wasps and he was just kind of like another premiership player, like yeah. decent. It wasn't really like we'd taken one of Wasps' best players. It was like, all right, Simo, all right, we'll take that. Good good signing, good premiership. Stalwart, he's just been immense for us, hasn't he? He's just yeah. been immense. And he was so good again at the weekend. Again, won't take the headlines. Hugh Jones quite rightly got man of the match and Merley yeah. put in another stormer. But Simo every week is is up there for me. He's He's one of my fan favourites
1: and this is my this is you know, it sounds like we've almost planned this because you're taking the, <laughs> the two which we which we obviously don't you're taking the two few questions that I had okay go Hugh, Hugh Jones at fullback is he looking more and more assured there every single week I haven't seen him drop one yet and
0: to be fair this week actually they he we knew he was going to get really challenged that was probably one of the areas that Leicester were going to try and attack an inexperienced fullback they've got an unbelievable kicking game with Ford and Youngs and pinning you down and playing the corners and playing for territory and he answered all of their questions he answered them all really really well he took some brilliant catches on the move he managed to beat a few defenders he also kicked really well himself and I said on last week's podcast I'd almost re-sign him for his fullback credentials alone let alone what he can do at 13 so yeah good to see him get man of the match he's had a few of them now he's starting to rack up a few tries yeah Uh, we haven't really missed Tyrone Green and did you see on social this week he was a uh, a race yeah. day with some of the other South African lads, so maybe he's not too far away. Didn't have any crutches or knee braces, so
1: no. I mean, if he's pressing the accelerator on the racetrack, hopefully he's doing the same thing with his rehab. Am yeah. I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, hopefully he gets an extra week or two because Jones is
0: doing such a good job. Um, hopefully not too long. We could do with him getting some minutes in the tank ahead of the semis and a final potentially, but I wouldn't be too concerned if um, if Jones needs to play a little bit longer there.
1: But how exciting is that if Jones is playing so well and this side is still missing the likes of Tyrone Green, Luke Northmore, you know, Will Evans to come back in. Yeah, that's the big one for me because he's our our hunter. Yeah, I think, especially in the 45 that we saw him in that first, in the second leg against Montpellier. uh, He was just a man
0: possessed, wasn't he? Nailing people, carrying well, turning over. Yeah, he had a point to prove. He's he's not only our hunter, he's our disruptor. Yeah. He just doesn't give the opposition any time to, to set up or prepare. Um and you've got to be there quick, otherwise he's got the ball off you. So he's he's yeah, he's a really sort of unique player that I think would just give us so much value.
1: Yeah, I just hope that he's fully fit. I know that he was back to full fitness, then obviously got you know, Even if he's eighty re-
0: percent, he will be itching to play, knowing oh, that course, summer is inside. We've only got you can count on one hand how many games yeah. we've got left now. So let's hope. And that Nor-
1: he... Norwich are firmly relegated. Norwich, Norwich firmly relegated as well. So he won't be too worried about going to watch them in the last games of the year either. But Yeah, <laughs> Sir, Man Sir Watford. <laughs> <laughs> Not will any back. of the lads support Watford. No, no. Well, good. Brighton are still in the mix to finish hopefully in the top ten or twelve. So hopefully that goes well. But yeah, that means yeah, nothing.
0: Means get nothing. Him. Um, a few details from the game that we should probably talk about. The ref was quite controversial and on replay, actually, I don't think he was that controversial. I think he got quite a lot right and he always does Wayne Barnes. Yeah. One interesting talking point was the penalty against Don for the high tackle on Mahler by by their player. I saw player, this. Green. Yeah,
1: I saw this.
0: So what happened was Joe Mahler was carrying into contact and Don Brandt gives him a little push to get him some more momentum as he goes into it. And because of that, their player ends up hitting Marler in the head with his shoulder. However, I'm not convinced that the push was the cause of that. I think he was always high and he was always going to make that tackle. But for, for some reason, and this is perhaps me not knowing the rules, Don Brandt was penalised because he pushed Marler and caused that incident instead of the tackler being penalised for actually making the tackle. So I find that really interesting and I'm not sure I agree with that. Maybe that's not Wayne Barnes getting it wrong. Maybe that's just the law but I'm all for making sure attacking players have a duty of care. And by penalizing the attacker, that doesn't then automatically absolve the defender of any responsibility. Yeah, I know it was always high. He smashed a shoulder into Joe Marla's face. There might be mitigation fine, but that brings it down from a red to a yellow for me, or even just mm. a penalty, but it doesn't mean the attacking players penalized. I don't know. Maybe I don't know the rules. I, I think it was insane that Callum Green's just nailed Marler right on the nose and,
1: yeah. I got away with it. It it looked to me like and I know it, we're talking really, really small details here, but it looked to me like the the small bit of added extra momentum that Don Brandt gave Marler wasn't enough to disrupt the line that Green hit him on. It it looked like it was going to be fairly the same sort of angle of contact. He
0: yeah, couldn't have got much lower in that time frame, could he? N- no. But yeah Interesting really, one. Did they ever yeah, go and kick that penalty as well? Uh don't know. Can't remember. But it but could, yeah, in, could be a three point one. swing.
1: Interesting one. But I think you know, Wayne Barnes is I think still one of the best referees in the in the league. So yeah, yeah. You know.
0: He got um, in fairness to him, he got the Lewis line, liner call right. And actually that was his his assistant ref on the touchline. But in the stadium, we were all adamant that he'd scored it and they showed the yeah. replay on the big screens for all the sort of pixelated, blurry big screens where it comes out, and you can't really tell, but mm. it looks like he scored it, so we're going to cheer anyway. Um, but upon reviewing the highlights, they, they got that one right. Yeah. Um, George Ford versus Marcus Smith. Who was your winner?
1: I think from what I've seen, the clips, and like I say, I've only, I've only watched the highlights, so I'm not the best yeah. judge of this, okay. but that's fair. But from what I understand and from what I've seen and the articles that I've read on the game, it looks like Marcus plays a more typical George Ford style of game with, you know, his little sprinkle of magic on top to actually get us home. And obviously, you know, almost ran a try in the corner, um, obviously came back for the penalty, but then gives an absolute bullet pass to Caden Murley who dots down oh, on that left. that was edge. glorious. That was glorious. Just, he scores know, himself as well. Yeah, just little, little things like that. Just, just make him so different. And if he can do things like that and manage the tempo of the game and not just... It was kicking yesterday, was it? I didn't see. They don't really show the kick and highlights. Um, but, you know, missed, missed a couple of kick. Well, missed a kick last weekend, but usually it's never an issue. But, yeah, I think Smithy came out on top. And I know that George Ford's a very good player, but in terms of the playoff picture... Who are you more scared of? I don't know they play a much different style of rugby, but if yeah. you were Saracens, would you rather play a real bruise up and have Ford kick kick you to death? Or would you rather sort of worry about Marcus picking holes in you? And I know I know which um, which I've been more worried about.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I got that wrong actually. I think he he did score, but it was ruled out. I know that happened was last out, yeah. that happened last week as well. Can't can't yeah. catch a break, can he? But um <laughs> he kicked much better. He only missed sort of one or two conversions this week. Um Ford missed a couple of conversions as well. Um and actually, he handed over the, the tee to Freddie Burns at one point. So I don't know if that's a psychological yeah, thing that. That little knock, but that's a, a real sort of concerning thing for Tigers if Ford's yeah. not backing himself and handing over to Burns. But equally, if you've got Burns on the pitch, then it's quite a, a bit of a blessing in disguise, I suppose. But mm. um, Tigers came with a very clear game plan that they usually have of playing tight and kicking well and, and pinning the other team in their half. And... I think Ford did his job. I just think Hugh Jones had an answer for everything and our forward pack had an answer for their forward pack and, and Marcus went and, and fizzed one out to Murley for his try and, and fizzed one out to to Liner for his try that wasn't to be. So I thought he played really well, ball in hand, kicked much better than he had done in previous weeks. But yeah, I think that was a, a win for Marcus, if, if you can make anything of that. Um, particularly after the last few weeks he's had, he's had a really tough couple of weeks. He played really well, but seems to get, Criticism anyway, I suppose that's what happens when you're the main man for Quinns and England. So good to see him play well and come out glossier than George Ford in that instance. So Was Hugh Jones your clear man of the match? There was no clear man of the match, um, but he was very, very good. Um, You won't see the highlights of him taking high balls and and running it back or kicking it
1: back because it's not the sexy stuff. But he he Mm. was very, very good. Interesting to say that his kicking game actually was quite good. It's not an area of the game we've seen from him. So, oh, <laughs> Speaking of kicking, Chris Ashton comes on and Mike Bovell goes, and a very warm welcome
0: back to Chris Ashton. And it doesn't get any sort of cheers at all. No. He comes down on my wing. I'm thinking, yes, here we go. Come on in, Chrissy. What have you got? <laughs> takes the ball, kicks it out on the full line-out, comes back to us. Thank you, Chrissy. <laughs> well played, Chrissy. Cheers, Little- boy.
1: I look forward to hearing oh, uh, hearing so him and Danny. I look forward to hearing him and Danny go go up against each other on a Rugby Union Pod this week. That should be quite
0: And a couple moments later, when we score a try, he's going in at the assistant ref. He's effing and blinding at him. I'm just thinking, God, you're a toxic bloke. I'm so glad you're out of my club. But uh, yeah, that was an enjoyable moment for me. However, I would love to be sat in a group of sort of really loud singing Quinns fans. The atmosphere, again, was really, really good. Yeah, And the Ops team are good at sort of picking and choosing their moments to play the mighty quinn jingle. There's plenty of noise coming from all areas of the ground now. It's not the South stand leading it. Um, It's coming from parts of the DHL stand, coming from parts of the Charles Stanley stand. North stands getting involved. It's brilliant. It's been the best it's been that I can remember. And I'm really looking forward to next season. However, where I was sat was just, I think, corporates or people that mm-hmm. had got tickets and sort of thought, yeah, we'll go down. And maybe a couple of Leicester fans in there as well that didn't really want to cheer when I was cheering. But I was <laughs> disappointed with the area I was sat with. I was sort of bottom left corner of DHL and I would get up and celebrate a try and turn around and everyone was still sat down. I was bemused <laughs> by it, really um it just made me think i can't wait to get my season ticket and get in with you and your lads and hopefully a few other quins fans we've met along the way over the last sort of 18 months of doing this now so yeah looking forward to getting that sorted mate because as much as i had a brilliant day and and got stuck in with a sing song the area i'm in wasn't really feeling it which was a
1: shame yeah I'm, i'm looking forward to getting that sorted this week it'll be a a payday treat for me um Speaking of payday as well, this week, this, come on. Yeah, I'm absolutely. For it. Easter's, Easter's been expensive. It's been I'm, good. I'm into the May budget. <laughs> it's <laughs> awful. It's awful. Oh, I mean, I'm probably about into my July budget. But yeah. Um, next weekend, well, ne- not next weekend, Friday night. Friday night, Friday night, night Friday night lights away at Franklin's Gardens. A little bit of selection chat. Any thoughts? I'm of the mind that I think it'll be fairly consistent, bar one or two. Nothing wholesale, depending on what happens at training and whether any of the lads have taken knocks that we might find out about during the week. But I think it'll be fairly, fairly, you know, consistent in what we've been doing the last two or three weeks. You've got any other thoughts?
0: Yeah, I think we go again. I don't think there's too much change. I think we're at the point in the season now where we gather momentum and you start to build these partnerships with players that you've you've obviously established over the last X amount of months throughout the season. And now is when you really start to to prove it's worth. So the likes of Esther Hayes and the Marchant is obviously our first choice, but Luke Northmore is going to want to try and battle his way in. I think he comes back on the bench if he's fit. Um, I think when it comes to the big games, like a a playoff tie against Saracens or a final against Leicester, Luke Northmore on the bench is a hell of a weapon. So I'd like to see him start to get a few more minutes, although unlikely he'll disrupt the starting team. Mm. Um, Will Evans, I think, had just a minor knock to the ribs. I'd like to see him come back in and really start to gather some momentum in his personal claim for for some premiership glory. I know in Iron Will, we watched that sort of mini documentary, 20 minutes long. It felt like it wasn't really his premiership trophy, um, which is always really sad, given how immense he was for us in, in getting us to that point. Um, so I'd like to see him get a few more minutes and start to get a bit of self-belief. Um, we'll see most change on the bench, I think. It won't be 6-2. Saints aren't that kind of team. And actually, here's Tommy Laude's interview, um, pretty much explaining how he thinks the lads are going to approach it this week. It's such a great way to finish. As I said, with everyone on, on their feet, clapping, cheering, you know, those guys are at the top of the table. Um, so it's, it's good. It's good. To know. Not that we didn't know before, but we can compete with those sort of teams. And, and if we need to change our structure to, to kind of see a game in a slightly different way, then, then we can do that. So, yeah, I think we'll probably play a little bit more of our, our typical DNA style. Um, I think we'll go back to, to chucking it around a bit because Saints can match that up a bit. A um, couple of selection pieces from their side. Dan Bigger is currently oh, banned yeah. for the next few weeks. So he's not going to be involved on Friday night, which is Mega. massive, really. He's, he's the man that makes him tick. Yeah, And then the other man that makes him tick, the, the player that will instill fear into any opposition side is... Courtney Laws is potentially going to have a thumb operation. So I don't know if he's either going to strap it up and play this weekend or whether he's going to go and get that done. And that's him out for the season, but um, he's a doubt. So if you take Courtney Laws and Dan Bigger out of any side, they're not going to be anywhere Mm -hmm. near the level they are. However, they're still a class outfit. The saints we've played them many times. Think about big game. It was an absolute tri-fest. So Friday night lights is always a tri-fest as well. So We'll see how we get on, but I'm confident. And again, I'll be very happy with a similar style of win to what we had at the weekend with Tigers and, and take four points from it. I would have gone for five and tried to hunt down Saris, but after their result against Exeter, I think they're out of sight. I don't think we'll be able to catch them now. It would require Northampton or Gloucester to beat Sarries because they've still got them as well, but I can't see that happening. So I think we we just go through the motions, start to go tunnel vision and focus on what we want to look like come playoffs, what we want to look like come final, and start playing that way. Just
1: don't lose rugby matches. Yeah, for sure. Not sure whether you're going on Friday night or not yet. Obviously, a couple of things to work out during the week. I tried to convince my old man to drive, but he's struggling a little bit to get up. And I've looked at the trains and all getting back it looks a bit complicated and worky. So I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the masses. I'm gonna ask for some people power if there is anyone that fancies giving me a lift there and back. Um, from the TW postcodes, anywhere in the sort of Twickenham, Tennington area that might be driving up to the game um, drop me a drop us a DM Twitter, whatever it is Instagram um, and yeah, I'd love to jump in um, happily to bring some snacks pay for some petrol buy a beer whatever it takes because um, otherwise I'm not sure I'll be able to make it so if there's anyone out there that fancies driving me up there I'd be much appreciative of that so we'll see if um, we'll see if that clocks any interest I don't even really want to spend two hours in the car with me anyway so I doubt it but we'll see that sounds like a great
0: place to leave it mate we'll leave it there with your call to arms yeah. um thank you so much for listening to this week's episode um a massive win that i hope brings your your week plenty of joy you go into a friday night game get down there if you can the, the lads are going to need us we're, we're definitely the 16th man and we're definitely proud to be part of the fan group that are so passionate and noisy in the stand. so get down there if not get down to the patch and support your local support Queens supporters association um, enjoy some food and some pints and um Let's enjoy the running. Here we go. Up the
1: quins. Top man. See you in the week.